You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Nobody. Back on The Pipeline Show and continuing on with our team-by-team WHL uh, previews. And uh, next stop, the Kelowna Rockets, the Memorial Cup hosting Kelowna Rockets. And uh, pleased to be joined once again by the general manager of those Rockets, Bruce Hamilton. Welcome back to the program, Bruce. How are you? Great. Nice to be on. Well, I appreciate you making the time. And, uh, boy, you were telling me just off the air a second ago that I, when I asked you how uh, camp had gone so far, you told me it was extremely busy. A hundred and how many players did you start with? 152 oh, 15-year-olds. Oh. So we had a we had a really large rookie camp. And we usually bring a lot of the kids from up and down the valley here into our camp. So that, you know, brings it up in numbers. But uh, it was a year that, you know, we probably had 50 or 60 more kids than we normally would. Uh, so it was real. It was, it was good, but long days. I have to ask why. Why that many? And it's, you said 50 more than normal. So what was different about this year? Well, historically, we found two or three players out of these camps that have gone on to, you know, be players for us. And, you know, I go back to, you know, the Shea Webers, Josh Georges of the world, those were guys that we found at these camps, and uh, you know we've we've continued to invite players that uh, you know get passed over in the draft, and I, and I always get a kick out of our scouts. The last couple of rounds, there's always a fight over picking this guy or that guy, and my thing is, you know, you guys, if you want them so bad, get on the phone and invite them to come to our camp so that uh, you know you can we can see if they're as good as you think they are. So that that's really where it comes from well just out of curiosity when he went from 150 whatever it was and and uh, progressed into the main camp how many of those uh kind of followed suit and, and were with you the the next few days well all the drafts stayed there was uh 10 i believe and then we found three or four other kids that we we brought in and we ended up listing a couple guys out of that so nice. You know, it was it was worthwhile, and uh, I think it's a real good experience for our drafted players to to move on to the main camp and spend two or three days, you know, with the older guys, and and more importantly, just be around them and understand, uh, you know, how we do things here. All right, well, let's get to know the team this year, but we'll start by looking at who's not back uh, from last year's uh, club, uh, and there's a, a lengthy list of uh, 98s who. who Played at some point for you last year, Matt Barbaris, Dalton Galley, Braden Chisholm, I know didn't end the season with you, and Chael Higson and uh, all those guys off the blue line, Ryan Bowen, Lane Zablocki up front. Uh, and uh, now when you're looking at this year, who else is eligible to come back this season that isn't back that played for you last season? Well, really everybody that is eligible is here. And, uh, you know, we really we have two overage players off of last year's team, uh, Topping and Matson that uh, will be in camp. They're they're both leaving tomorrow for Carolina's camp, so they'll be back after the the tournament there unless they win contracts. But uh, you know this year is significantly different than last year. We we really went into training camp last year with uh, Chisholm as our only returning player as an overage. And uh, you know one thing that I've learned in the the years I've been in this league, uh, this, in particular the first three months of the season. If you don't have some depth at the overage position, uh, those are the players that generally make a difference for teams uh, in the early stages of the season anyways and how your success is. And we were not strong there last year and, and paid for it dearly the first half of the year. So when you mention you only have two right now, that obviously uh, leaves you with one vacancy and you'll try to fill that uh, before January 10th. Would you Would you do it sooner as opposed to later? 
Well, yeah, it'll just depend who's, you know, if someone comes available that we're interested in, it's, you know, with us hosting this year, it's a, a little bit unique. I just want to, you know, see exactly what we have before we start, you know, adding guys in. And I'm, uh, uh, with 20 year olds in particular in a situation like we're going to have here this year, I want just want to make sure we're getting the, the right person for, to fit the, the spot that we're going to need him in. And, and right now I would say we'll probably look at finding another defenseman just to give us some more depth there. Um, all right. Uh, take me through your, uh, we've covered the overagers, but, uh, what's your import uh, player situation like, uh, right now? Well, we have Pavel Novak, a Czech player, an, an O2 that's in camp. And uh, he's been here for not quite a week, so he's still getting his feet underneath him. I think that he'll be a good player. Uh, he certainly is ranked, you know, in the high levels of the Czech program. Right. And then we drafted a Russian, uh, Gudik, who uh, plays in Yaroslavl uh, in the, the junior league there. And he's trying to decide what he wants to do right now. We're expecting to hear something by the end of this week on him, a uh, Russian player. Uh, that we really took a flyer on him in the second round of the European draft. And then, of course, uh, you know, Lassie Thompson signed and is playing in the Elite League in Finland. And, uh, you know, he's a, that's a wild card. We're certainly not uh, banking on him coming back. He's moved in and playing, uh, you know, in the in that league. So we'll see uh, after the World Juniors will be an opportunity that we would probably get a real good feel for if he's interested in coming back for the stretch run or not. Did you have a conversation with him uh, or uh, with the NHL team that drafted him about, uh, you know, obviously it's Memorial Cup year, oh. you could be playing a long time this season. and how that Many, was- many, many conversations because this was, uh, this guy's an elite player in our league and, you know, that's a hole that, you know, we certainly didn't think we were going to have to fill and, uh, you know, it was a real blow, especially when Ottawa signs him, you assume that uh you know that the assignment was going to be here and not in uh not in Belleville and then all of a sudden he signs with uh Ilvis his home city and uh you know he's playing over there and you know and I I've got a pretty good feel for that league cuz my son played over there for a couple of years and uh it's a very very competitive uh league and it'll you know hinge on how well he holds up playing against men all right, well, we'll see how it all shakes out uh, for the Rockets uh, with uh, the, the Russian player that you mentioned, and who knows, Glass Thompson, but uh, we won't hold our breath, I guess. Was that uh, is that how we should kind of go move uh, forward with that? That's the way we're moving forward. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's move on to the goaltenders, and uh, how many do you still have uh, around the team right now? We have four in camp. We oh. have uh, the two from last year, Bazran, Porter, and then Schwebus and uh, young Tisdale, who played down in Lethbridge in the midget team there last year. All right, so lots of competition, uh, and I'm uh, I'm expecting that's you, you like to see that. Uh, you got you know, four guys fighting for two spots. Well, and you know, like I said, this is a fairly significant year for us, and uh, you know, I'm Bazran's going to be 18 and Porter's 19, so. We're hoping that uh, one of those guys can take the reins and ride here. And, uh, you know, that's probably a position that we're going to watch real closely here till Christmas. And Cole Schwebius, I mean, you went out and, and picked him up uh, via trade from Seattle with that big deal that you made uh, in the off season. So what's his role uh, within your team? He's he's fighting for, uh, you know, they're all, to me, fighting for the, the those three in particular, Schwebius, uh, Porter, and Bazran are fighting for the number one job. 
and Tisdale would be the guy that's challenging for the backup role right now. And all three of the others, you know, are here to win the first job, I'm sure. Okay. Uh, a young blue line, but uh, a lot of guys who have played in the league before, and uh, you're trying to build a not just a Memorial Cup hosting team, but a contending team. How much work do you still have to do uh, on your blue line to accomplish that? Are you comfortable with uh, the guys you have still with the team right now? Well, you know, Korzak obviously is a pillar back there. And then uh, Jake Lee, who we got in a trade from Seattle. And then uh, the player that's really played well is young Comrie, uh, who left Denver University to come here. Yep. And we got him in a trade with Brandon has been outstanding. And then uh, Steffler, who was with us last year, has had a great summer and, and looks like he's going to be able to step in. And then uh, Augustine, uh, who was with us last year, but, you know, this is a young guy that lost 25 pounds this summer and looks like a new man out there. So, you know, we're, we're I'm comfortable there. We've got a couple of young 16-year-olds still around that uh, one of them may get to stay. I'm not sure. But that's probably a spot where we'll look down the road here at filling uh, in with an overage, likely. All right. How With the group that you have right now, there's lots of size. Is that by design you want to have a big defensive group? Uh, I think if you look at us over the years, generally that's the kind of team we build. Yep. Uh, I like size on the back end, and I like guys that can skate, and all of them can do that. So we're excited about that. Let's uh, move to the guys. Up front, making up your forward units, and uh, Leif Matson, Kyle Topping, you, you mentioned the uh, two 20-year-olds that you have. You might have to do without them for a little bit uh, to start, but uh, actually, uh, I would expect they would come back from Carolina before the start of the season. Fair? Yeah, that's that's they were late ads for their tournament team, so yeah. I think it's great they're both getting a taste of what it's like, but uh, you know they're going to be important, but uh, I think the other, you know, Nolan Foote is going to be a guy that's going to score a lot of goals for us. And then uh, Hamaliak, who we got in the deal with Seattle, uh, has looked really good. So we're excited about him. And we're going to be a, a, a bigger, heavier team up front. And uh, that's what I think we're going to need for the, the length of time when we're going to play into May for sure. So I just, you know, we've designed our team that way so far. Um, Nolan Foote, you mentioned, and I wanted to ask you about him because I know there was a lot of he seemed to be a divisive player with uh, with people going into the draft. Uh, you know, how how high he would go? Would he be a first rounder? He ended up being taken in the first round. Does that maybe give him a bit of motivation to uh, shut the mouths of some critics? Uh, I think, but you know, uh, having had his older brother Cal here, these are they're 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 real good young men. They don't. Uh, you know, obviously their father played a long time, and these guys they just about they go about business. Uh, you know, just playing the game and not worrying about too much that goes on around them. And uh, in Nolan's case, you know, he's he's had some injuries along the way, and I think a lot of that was just because he was a pretty slight guy growing up, and now he's filled right out, and, uh, you know, he's over the summer here turned into a man, it looks like. So he's going uh, to be a real prominent player for us, and I haven't had a guy that shoots the puck like him since probably Jamie Benn. Okay, well, uh... Lofty comparison there. We'll take note of that for sure. I know when you came through Edmonton last year, he had a pretty good night, three points in a 3-1 victory. So uh, we saw firsthand what he can do. Um, now, you mentioned uh, when you got Comrie, he came out of the, the college ranks. Alex uh, Swetlikov, same thing last year. And, and Trevor Wong, when you drafted him, well, he was intending to go to uh, college as well. And uh, he detoured and, and came your way. And I know there's uh, quite a bit of buzz about uh, young Trevor Wong. 
lots of talent, small body, but uh, big on talent. Uh, what do you expect from him in in a rookie, a full rookie season this year? Well, you know, if we can get him playing in the first nine guys, uh, that would be real exciting for us. And if he doesn't, if he's in the first 12, he will be in the first 12 for sure. But uh, his start here through training camp and uh, the weekend, he didn't look out of place at all. And it's just a guy that's his size. You know, it's a matter of being in the right spot at the right time and not getting caught where you where you are in a vulnerable position at all. And uh, But he's a special player that's going to, you know, he'll be an exciting player for years in front of this fan base here. Why do you think uh, the Rockets in particular have uh, success getting uh, NCAA committed players to to change their mind and come your way. I know there's obviously a track record. Uh, the Rockets have uh, um, graduated a lot of players to pro hockey and on to the NHL, and it's definitely in one of the nicest places to live in our country. Anything? Any other reasons why uh, you seem to have more success than a lot of teams in that way? Well, I don't know if we have more than a lot of teams, but I, I think you know, in the Wong case, you know, I'm I haven't quite figured out how a 14 year old can be committed to a university yet. Like I, I just. To me, it's bizarre that they can do that. But uh, I, we were confident when we picked him that we could convince his family that this was going to be a good place for him to play. And, you know, that's the way we went about it. And in the, the Comrie case, I, I think us hosting the Cup certainly had something to do with it. But I also think, you know, the coaching staff here with Adam Foote here, and I, I think that Comrie didn't have a great experience there last year. Uh, and... You know, in those the college teams when they change coaches, the coach that re, that recruited you is probably the guy you do want to play for, and I, I think that affected him and Swetlikoff for sure. Uh, just because when uh, the coach in Denver went to, to Dallas, yeah. all of a sudden, you know, the new coach coming in's got his own gr- new group of guys. So, but in Swetlikoff's case, uh, you know, I think he just realized that he had an opportunity to play at home would be one thing, and two that he was kind of spinning his wheels playing Junior A. Let's talk a little bit about the Memorial Cup, but I know uh can be a lot of changes around the building and when you're getting ready to, to host again. It's not, it doesn't seem like it's been that long ago since uh, Kelowna hosted the Memorial Cup, but anything new in the building for fans to uh, get excited about this year? Well, we're, the intent is to certainly get a new scoreboard in here uh, before the Memorial Cup, which would, which would excite everybody. And then, uh, you know, just the building has been up kept very very well it's uh it's a very clean facility and the 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 people that own it do a good job of maintaining it and it's now just bringing it up uh you know another notch with uh you know some of the technical stuff which you know i'm sure that's going to happen here over the next uh six or seven months for sure you feel some pressure as uh the whl rep uh or one of the the two that will be there this year to to have more success it's been a while since the dub uh has well, even one game, so let alone uh, come away with the actual championship. Yeah, there's no doubt that, uh, you know, well, this will be our, I think, sixth time in the Memorial Cup. And uh, we've only won it once and been in the final two or three times. But, uh, I, I, you know, we said right from the first day when we bid for this thing that we weren't in it to just host it, we're in it to win it. And we've committed ourselves, we've made it a... A couple of significant trades already to help get us better, and uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, if we need to add to our team down the stretch, we will, but we're really excited about our group right now, and, and we think we're a lot better hockey club right now than we were when we finished last year. 
Just two more questions for you, Bruce. Uh, why do you think the WHL has struggled, at least the WHL champion? If if the WHL uh, host, or if the host is the WHL team, they've they've done all right in the tournament. But why do you think the dub champ uh, has struggled lately at the, at the Memorial Cup? Well, you know, having gone through it the amount of times we have, the year team, uh, we certainly travel you know, different than the Ontario League for sure. Yep. And if it ends up one of the maritime teams in in the Quebec League, then they do get some some miles put on them. But I, I think that our league ends up so competitive once you get to, you know, to your division finals. And then when you get to the league final, uh, you know, there's the wear and tear of just the amount of games uh, that you're playing in a short period of time. And yet, you know, we've reduced the, the play, the regular season games to be the same as Quebec and Ontario. It's just, uh, you know, our geography can't change compared to what, uh, you know, the Ontario League in particular goes through. Yeah, that's true. And that's uh, not a, you know what, and I'm not making excuses either. You know what? We just, uh, our teams haven't been good enough and we got to be better. Well, we'll see if that happens uh, this year. And lastly, uh, when you look around the rest of the BC division, obviously last year Vancouver was the top team and, it was a bit of a, a rebuilding year for the other four clubs in the division. I think it's fair to expect much more from the BC division this year. As Memorial Cup hosts, you just said you're you're not in it just to host it. You're in it to win it. What would you consider to be a successful season? If if you're looking at it that way, is anything less than a WHL championship acceptable? Well, I, I think, you know, the, you've got to be in the top end of your division for sure. And, and I know in our division here, just in the BC division, you know, I, I think Kamloops is going to be a real good hockey club. I think that, uh, Vancouver, if, uh, you know, the problem when you have the success they did last year, whether the NHL teams decide to keep the, the odd guy, that throws a wrinkle into it, but they should be, you know, another real good team. And I, I think that, uh, Prince George has been, you know, kind of retooling there for a couple of years, so they'll be more competitive and, you know, Victoria always has got a good hockey club. All right. Well, it should be a really fun season inside the, the BC division. And uh, certainly wish you the best of luck. And I'm sure we'll chat again before the uh, Memorial Cup gets here. But uh, good luck this year, Bruce. You got it. My pleasure. That's Bruce Hamilton of the Kelowna Rockets. And uh, call me crazy, but uh, how about this? I think the Rockets have an extra goalie. We just heard from Alan Miller of the Moose Jaw Warriors in the previous segment. They're looking for a goalie. They also have uh, Justin Almeida potentially coming back after he rehabs from uh, his uh, injury situation. Will the uh, the Penguins uh, you know, send him back to junior hockey this year? What if it was to the Memorial Cup host team? So how about that sort of a, let's get the, let's work the rumors, get the rumor mill going. Almeida ends up in Kelowna this year and uh, maybe a, in the same deal or a separate deal, probably earlier deal. How about uh, Kelowna sending a goalie to Moose Jaw? The, only, the problem I have with it is because I think Kelowna's not the only team that has an extra goaltender. I think Vancouver's got a goalie. Edmonton's got a goalie. Uh, there are probably other teams who have a goalie. And there are probably, probably more goalies available than there are teams looking for a goalie. But we'll see. We'll see how it all shakes out. Let's go to the next club. And that means we uh, stop in southern Alberta. The Lethbridge Hurricanes are the team. Peter Anholt is the guest. He's the GM of those Hurricanes. And he's on the Pipeline Show next. Hi, I'm Stuart Skinner from the Lethbridge Hurricanes. Here's Skinner looking for the empty net. Rolling, rolling. He scores! Stuart Skinner! Unbelievable! 
you're listening to The Pipeline Show. Nothing compares to the smile on a child's face after their wish has been granted. The Rainbow Society of Alberta is dedicated to granting wishes throughout the province to children who have been diagnosed with a life-threatening or severe chronic medical illness. And you can help too. View the wishes, refer a child, and donate at rainbowsociety.ab.ca or get involved as a volunteer. Having a wish come true fills a child's heart with hope and happiness. Visit rainbowsociety.ab.ca today. 